What is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Greg Thinberg, and today is going to be all about trades. It's a month from the day I'm going to be releasing this. It's a month from from February 8th trade, trade deadline. So we got 30 days to decide, you know, what direction we're going to try to go with this team. Usually the way it works in in most rebuilds is you acquire a bunch of veterans like the Wizards have by trading out a bunch of your assets um, from, you know, the trades you made the previous offseason in order to get to where you are right now in terms of tanking. Uh, the Wizards did that. They traded Brad. They traded KP. Uh, and now they have a bunch of veterans from those trades, a bunch of veterans that were already lingering from those, you know, uh, contending years, I guess you could call them. Uh, and they got to make a, a decision here. Will Dawkins, the GM, Michael Winger, president of basketball ops, even Travis Schlenk, all of these guys were brought in for the sole purpose of rebuilding this team. And step one is to trade out a bunch of your star players to get, you know, as much value as you can. That's done. They traded Brad for as much as they could get. They traded KP, got something, some things in return, I'll say that. Um, and now they're at the point where they have sucked for the majority of the of this season, and they're gonna reach uh reach February's trade deadline. I would assume with less than ten wins, being one of the three worst teams in the league, and with a bunch of veterans that can help contending teams and you got to capitalize on that, get as many assets, young players, picks, expiring contracts that you can get when you're rebuilding. Because, look, we're not trying to win, and all of these other teams are. So they're, they'll pay us for for guys, even though they're on our, our terrible team, they know that on their teams, they'll be much better. Um, so I've broken it down into, into three different categories uh, based on how I feel this trade deadline could play out. Uh, number one is likely to be traded. Number two is could be moved, could be kept, meaning, look, I don't really know. I wouldn't surprise me if they're traded, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're not. Uh, number three would be a complete surprise. That's the, the, the last category. And then there's an untouchable category. There's one player in it. I'm sure you can all understand or, or think about who that would be. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to all these. I'm going to go through each category and basically break down my reasoning of, of why I have each player slotted in each place, offer, you know, some details about their, their contract, uh, about, you know, some teams that have reported interest, just to kind of keep you guys in the loop as to what, you know, I've been looking, I've been seeing uh, or hearing around in terms of Twitter and from other people. Um, and then also just kind of offer, you know, what do you, what I think we could realistically get for some of these people. Um, so I'm just going to get right, right into it with the, the likely to be traded. Um, the guy that that makes the top of this list for me is Tyus Jones. Um, look, has Tyus Jones been been everything we could have hoped for? I think so. I mean, defensively, he's not been great, but you don't you didn't bring him in here to tear it up on defense to make any all defensive teams. You brought him in here to play point guard to run the offense um, efficiently at that and not turn the ball over. And he and he has and. When you think about Tyus Jones, you think about can he be our point guard of the future? This is all, you know, all it comes down to in terms of do I want to trade Tyus Jones and get maybe a first round pick or do I want to, you know, keep him here and see see what he can really do in this team. Um and if you are in the in the in the pool that 
he's done enough, and I think you know he deserves a shot at being the, this team's point guard of the future, or at least the point guard for the foreseeable future. Then sure, you can keep him here all you want. For me, as much as I I like Tyus and I think he's an extraordinary game manager, really smart player, the best point guard we've had here since Russ. I just I don't see his timeline at 28 years old, I believe. I don't see it matching up with the rest of the guys that I see here for for the for the future. Um and that's not anything against Tyus. Uh but I, I think he's played so well that you one hundred percent should get a first round pick for him. Uh granted it'll be towards the end in the twenties, end of the first round. But that's that's a deal you have to take. Look. At the time I'm recording this, we're six and twenty-eight. I would assume after we lose to the Knicks tonight, we'll be six and twenty-nine. You're you're borderline already eliminated from the playoffs. Obviously, you're not going to make it, but in terms of mathematically, you're getting close, and we're not even halfway through the year. It's time to move on from some of these vets. And look, I've said it multiple times. Tyus Jones is great. I'd love for him to stay here, but the timelines don't work, and it's time to move on. Uh, Jake Weinbach reported that. The, the the Rockets, the Sixers, and the Magic are potential destinations for Tyus. I'd even throw the Knicks in there after some of the trades they make, shipping out quickly, getting a forward in return. Teams that are in contention that need help on the back end of their front of their uh, backcourt, they need a guy like Tyus. He's the perfect off the bench guy, as he showed when he was tearing it up in Memphis with, with Jaw out or even backing him up. Um, if I had to predict how this goes. You can circle back to this in February 8th and let me know if, how, how good I do. I think it's the Sixers. Uh, I mean, I'm from that area. I go to school, obviously, at Penn State, so I have a lot of friends that are Sixers fans. The The one thing they've stressed all season is the lack of of a secondary ball handler to back up Maxi, someone that can you know man that second unit. And I, I, I can't think of anyone better than Tyus Jones to run the, the pick and roll with some of the bigs they have coming off the bench, like Paul Reed. Um even playing some with Joel when Maxie's out. I think the Sixers make a lot of sense. They have a couple firsts from that Harden trade. Um, even with the one with the Nets as well, they have a couple firsts. So I think I think the Sixers make sense, but I, I would I think Tyus is gone. You might not like that. I know a lot of people want Tyus to stay here and me included, but I think it's just it makes too much sense for him to go. Next up on this list is is Delon. I'm gonna just go point guard to point guard. Look, Delon Wright, expiring contract, making only eight mil this year, easy to match salaries. You know, one of the best on ball perimeter defenders in this league. Teams need help off the bench, especially in the guard position. They need those secondary ball handlers, especially if they can defend. Uh, and like I said with Tyus, it just it makes so much sense for us to move on from him. Can he net the exact same return? As Tyus, absolutely not. And him missing all those games with the left knee sprain, that that's a huge factor, obviously. But DeLon Wright is a guy that every contender should want. Um, you know, defending point guards has been tough in this league this year, especially. Uh, and DeLon's a guy that can come in and, and just shut someone down, gives you decent production on the other end. Um, in terms of what we can get, two second-round picks, maybe. Maybe a second round pick and, and a young player, someone expiring to match salaries, but you got to get something for him. Uh, I mean, I think like a Montrez, Montrez Harrell type return, you know, pretty solid player can maybe help a contender. Uh, 
Um, we ended up trading with the Hornets. We got uh, Ish Smith back in the second round pick. So we'll see. But I think both your both your guards are gone. And look, another thing that nobody's talking about with Tyus being traded and Delon probably also being traded. Jordan Poole can now play point guard. Bilal Koulibaly can now start at the at the two guard next to Jordan Poole, and Ryan Rollins, who is someone I think we should have been giving minutes to all along, can get those backup point guard minutes. I think it's going to be huge, not only for Poole but for Rollins as well. All right, so that's the point guards down. This is still the likely to be traded list. Number three, Mike Muscala. Look, I wouldn't trade a bag of donuts for Mike Muscala. I don't see I don't see what everyone else apparently sees in him because he's supposed to net a decent return. Mike Muscala is the guy that sometimes knocks down a three. And because he he sometimes does that, um, because he is not athletic at all, he's your traditional like white stretch five center. People think he he can knock the three down and be a real floor spacer. No. He's not a good three-point shooter. He's not a good shooter. Uh, from what I've seen in the, the minutes he's gone with uh, Gallo out with, with injury, he's not good. Um, and like I said, if if somebody wants to trade for Danilo Gallinari, or honestly him and Mike Muscala, I'll take anything. If you give me one second round pick, fine. If you give me a young player and to, to match salaries, fine. If you expect... Did you just give me an expiring salary? I don't care. Mike Muscala has to be out by the deadline. Like I mentioned with the other point guards, there's three, there, there's a couple of things that make trading these veterans make sense. Number one, the return you get. You can get a couple picks. You can maybe get some young, player, young players that, that return into something. Number two, they're expiring salaries and they're vets, so you're not going to bring them back. So you need to get what you can get now. And number three, it opens up so much playing time for the younger guys on this team. Big men like Patrick Baldwin Jr., maybe even John Butler Jr., just younger guys that you can bring in and give you better center depth. Because our center depth right now is the worst in the league. Gaff is left out on an island with zero help when he goes to the bench. It's why I think we've won the rebounding battle one or two times in the 34 games we played this year, which is gross. Uh, but... Mike Muscala, likely to be traded. If you can get anything for him, I will take it. Um, Literally anything. You can offer me a bag of chips. I would take it. Um, And then this guy is in the likely to be traded, but you could also make a subcategory for, I doubt we have any, like anyone has any reason to trade for him. And that's Danilo Gallinari. He is, he's just so washed. He can't move. He... He can't stay healthy. He's been out with a couple injuries this year. And you can just tell, like, in the beginning of the season, he dropped 19 that first game at Indiana. He looked very good the first couple games, but it's just taking a toll on him. His body is wearing down. He's just, he's not the same player. Uh, obviously, we knew that entering the year, but look, if you can fool some people into to thinking he still got it and contribute, to a team and they gave you a second round pick, I will praise Will Dawkins for the next five years. This guy, this guy's just washed. And I don't, I mean, 38 years old, expiring deal. You might as well take a flyer on him, I guess. But, but no, I mean, it's a, it, and it, look, I'll say this before I move on to the next category. 
it's it's understandable the frustration I've seen from myself included, but a lot of Wizards fans about why are we still playing these centers? Why didn't we sign someone like Mo Bamba, like Bismack Biombo, to just have some competent backup center minutes? Um, and I, and I offered three reasons. Number one, I think it's by design. I think Dawkins knew. Look, these guys both are terrible backups. They're gonna help us lose. They're gonna help us get a better pick. Number two, I'm not paying top dollar for some backup big, especially when I'm trying to tank. And number three, I'm gonna play them as much as possible, even if they're terrible and help and, and hurting me on defense and hurting me on the glass, because I need to show them off to to teams. And this is why Danilo Gallinari is out of the rotation. They they know he can't help his trade value anymore. He's he's too bad right now. You just have to say, look, look at his first, you know. 10 games of tape. That's what he could be. He's rested. He's healthy. Trade for him. Same goes for Muscala. Um, just put him in bubble wrap. Make sure that the, by the deadline, you can at least get something for either of them. But after that, I don't want to see any of them play a second for this team. After the deadline, it's full go. We're tanking. We're playing all of our young guys, and, and we're having fun. We're not playing any more of these, you know, Muscala, Gallinari, backup minutes. I'm done with that shit. They're they're so they're just they're unwatchable at this point. Um, and then you go and you look at you look at the next category. Um, so let me go over it real quick. The likely to be traded. I got four guys in here: Tyus Jones, Mike Muscala, Delon Wright, Danilo Gallinari. Don't think you can get anything for Gallo, but if you can, awesome. Uh, can get a couple picks there. The next category could be moved. Could be kept. I'm indifferent. I don't I don't know what to necessarily think about, about these guys. Um, the first guy, I'm going to start with the big names here. There's only two guys in this category. It's Kuz, Kyle Kuzma. Um, hang on one sec. Just got to get some water. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, look, he signed a big deal here. Four years, around $90 million. Uh, he's making a lot of money this year and next year, but the contract is structured as is so that in year three and year four, he is one of the most tradable contracts in the league for the value that you're getting, making less than $20 million in year three and year four versus making 25 plus in year one and year two. It's not an easily movable contract. Uh, and look, I'm sure you've seen the reports People have said that the Wizards are ga- gauging the market. You know, people are expecting, you know, multiple first-round picks for Kyle Kuzma. And look, if that's the case and you get two firsts for Kuz, it is definitely something that, as a rebuilding team, you have to at least discuss, at least think about. Obviously, it depends also what you're getting in return to match salaries, what team you're trading with, if those picks are really going to even be valuable. But I don't... I don't think it makes sense, not only for Kuzma to sign that deal and the Wizards just turn around and trade him. I feel like that's bad business if Kuz wants to stay here, which he's reiterated sorry, multiple times that he wants to stay here and and be the guy that turns it around in D.C. I think he really likes just being that guy, that face of the franchise. After sitting behind you know so many stars, he enjoys that role. Um, and also from the Wizards' perspective, it doesn't make sense to, to sign this guy um, – Tell him he's going to be here, and then turn around and trade him. I don't. I don't think it makes sense. Um, and look, two first round picks is two first round picks. But am I really? This is how I view it. 
and I'll talk about this with my Corey Kispert point later on. With those two first-round picks, you assume it's from a contender. You assume they're going to probably make the playoffs and probably make the second round if they trade for Kuz. That pick is going to be in the bottom 10 of the first round. And then if it's a sustained success, I mean, Kuz is only like 27, 28. I'm sure this team isn't that old. And you trade Kuz to them, and they're contending for a couple years. You could maybe get a first-round pick this year and then one, you know, two years down the line. They're probably still going to be good. And you're going to still be picking that outside the lottery in that bottom 15, bottom 10. With those two picks, you're just going to try be trying to replace Kuzma with a guy younger and not on the contract that he is on. Someone that would be on a rookie deal. That's way easier said than done, especially considering the track record and history of this organization with drafting. It's not easy to hit in the draft. Um, now, if you gave me three or four cracks at it, you gave me three or four first-round picks, I'm not turning that shit down because if you give me three or four chances, I'm going to hit on someone. But two chances in the later part of the first round to hit on a guy like Kuz, it's not it's not that often that that, that happens. Um, so, yeah, two first-round picks is enticing, but I don't – that's not enough to move me, honestly. If you ask me two years down the line – Maybe it is. Maybe it's enough to to move me to to move Kuzma. But for right now, I I don't I wouldn't take that deal. And you can call me crazy for not taking that deal, but I think rebuilding around individuals like Kuz and who knows if Poole is going to be here for the long haul. But I think Kuz is a great guy to have on this team. You know, during these down years, just make it a little fun, make it a little exciting for guys. Maybe you know when two years down the line, you think okay, we're ready to go. He's a guy that's plugged in. He knows a lot of people around the league. I feel like he's a well-liked guy. You need people like that to recruit. You need people like that to bring people in, especially in a smaller market like D.C. for some reason. It's a small market. But I think I think unless you give me three first-round picks, you call me crazy. I know this is crazy. Unless you give me three first-round picks, I'm not, I, I'm not trading coups. It doesn't make too much sense for me. Moving on to... To the next guy and the, the final guy in this category is Daniel Gafford, one of my favorite Wizards. Um, I actually, when I went to the game on, I think it was against, uh, I'm blanking, against the Raptors. Um, I went to media and I got to talk to, to, to Daniel Gafford, a very nice guy, answered every question with, you know, grace and and really, you know, tried his best to, to give a good answer. Seems like a really genuine down-to-earth guy, so, you know, respect to him, shout out to Gaff, but I I hate to say this, but he could probably net the biggest return out of everyone on this roster, um, not including Kuz and JP, of course. Um, but for the guys that I think could be traded, Tyus, like I said, that should be an easy first-round pick, in my opinion. You know, backup point guard that can do everything he can, doesn't turn it over. Daniel Gafford, for the amount of teams that need backup bigs and they need them desperately— Daniel Gafford is one of the premier backup bigs. He starts, obviously, but he, he backed up KP for a, a little bit there. He backed up a couple guys in Chicago. He would be a premier backup big. A guy that starts, has started 40-plus games for the last two years. He is a guy that has experience coming off the bench, would be one of the best backup bigs, like I said. I, I think of a team like New York. Um, you know, Mitchell Robinson goes down. You have to move Harnstein to the starting center, and he's been great there. But are you really going to be relying on Precious, Achua, 
when, you know, push comes to shove in the playoffs. Someone's got to guard Joel Embiid if Hardenstein fouls out. Someone's got to guard, you know, Brooke Lopez or, or you know, KP. In the East, you need good big man depth, especially with all the good centers that are in this in this conference. And Daniel Gafford would fit right into the Knicks. You give me Evan Fournier on that expiring $19 million contract, I will easily take that. You give me a first-round pick, I will... I would definitely take it. Look, I think Daniel Gafford has been unbelievable for the, the the way you acquired him. People forget we traded Mo Wagner and Troy Brown Jr. for Daniel Gafford. Two guys that were bench players, not going to make it here, not going to sign other contracts. Traded them for Daniel Gafford, and he's transitioned into a true starting center. Um, as a, as a, a ways to go, obviously, in his development in terms of not fouling, um, improving his offensive game, taking that to the next level with the with the jump shot he's hit a couple of times. He's got a ways to go, obviously, but he's been a really solid addition for the price we got him. I mean, I don't want to shout out Tommy Shepard for the the terrible things he did to this organization, but he made some good trades, and that was that was probably his best. Um, I think you can easily get a first round pick from the Knicks plus an expiring deal like Fournier, um, and I've seen a lot of people. Um, even with trading ties to the Knicks, like we need our pick back for the Knicks. I yes, I agree. Um, if this were last year or the year before, I would totally be on that because that pick was essential to us. You know, going all in, building around Brad and KP, sending it out for you know a real third star. Uh, but right now we don't need it. It's top twelve protected, um, then top ten protected, then top eight protected. So if we're in the top eight for the next three years, we'll get our pick. I got some news for you. We're going to be pretty fucking bad for the next three years. So I don't think having those protections and having the rights to that pick are are too you know consequential because it'll probably convey um, – or sorry, not convey to the Knicks. And, and I'm sure it'll turn into that 2027, I think, uh, 2026 second-round pick. So I don't think you have anything to worry about. In terms of that, um, I think if the Knicks gave us their pick, I would take that. Um, I think they have a couple other picks as well, but you know that's just that's a team that makes sense. So I'd monitor the Knicks as a team for Daniel Gafford, um, Tyus Jones as well. Like I said, teams to monitor for Tyus, the Magic, um, the Rockets, the Knicks, and I would I would really monitor the Sixers. I think that that's a really good fit for Tyus. Um, but yeah, that's the could be moved, could be kept. If Daniel Gafford is is moved, I'd be like, damn, that sucks, but makes sense. Um, if he gets moved and Gallo and Muscala get moved, you're talking about uh, John Butler Jr. is the next center up. Um, Patrick Baldwin Jr. is not big enough; he's only a power forward. But it's Slim Pickens. You would be really bad. But look, if you can move him, you know, I don't, I, I want to be opposed. I got to take emotion out of this because I really enjoy watching Gaff play. I think he's a great person. But it's a business, and sometimes you got to make moves you don't want to make. Um, so wouldn't it surprise me? Who's being moved would would be really surprising, and I, I I didn't put him in the final category as a complete surprise because look, there's reports all over. People want him. He's a coveted contract. It would make sense, but I just I don't think that happens. Moving on to the final category, which is the would be a complete surprise, and um. If any of these guys were to be moved, if I got 
the notification from Woj or Shams, uh, so-and-so in this category is being traded to this team. That would that would be that would be pretty wild. That would be emergency Twitter spaces level. So just know any of these guys that I'm about to name right here, if they get traded, I would say Kuz included. You need to check my Twitter because I will be live in two seconds. Um, and I'll be live throughout the deadline as well, especially after to do a spaces. So be on the lookout for that, like I did last year. But this is the would be a complete and utter shock if they were moved. Jordan Poole, Corey Kispert. Danny Avdia, and then I got Ryan Rollins and Patrick Baldwin Jr. in here with a little asterisk next to the name. So talk about that in a sec. Um, and I and I did mention Bilal Koulibaly. Uh, at the beginning of the, the episode, I told you there is one guy in the untouchable category. It's Bilal. No way in hell he's moved, obviously. So that won't happen. But those are the five guys I have in the complete surprise category. Look, Jordan Poole has been terrible this year. And and there's no way to go around it. And that doesn't mean that I don't think Jordan Poole can be good on this team. Um, that doesn't mean I'm a, I'm a Poole hater, like a lot of people have, have said. I say one good thing about Kuz, and they're like, oh, of course, you're only talking about him. You won't talk about Poole. You you need to chill. If you're a Poole stan and you're listening to this, you got to chill on me. I'm just trying to watch my team do well. I'm not coming at him. Um, but look, you can't hide behind it. All year, he's been absolutely terrible. Shooting splits, horrible. From three, terrible. Um, you know, in game, oh, like IQ as well, not good. Um, I just there's so many things that he's done this year where you kind of scratch your head. There's so many times where he makes like a move and he gets around his guy, but then he he just he gets the space and then he uncreates the space by making an extra move he does need to make. It's been frustrating to say the least. You know, thought he'd come in and average, you know, 20 plus a game, really be honestly 25 plus a game, and really be that volume score. And it just hasn't come to fruition. Not giving up on him. Um but again, what what are you getting for him that makes it worth it? You're not getting a first round pick for Jordan Poole. You're not getting multiple firsts, obviously. Um but look, the way I see it, you traded Chris Paul, a guy that was nothing to you, would have sat on your bench and been waived or bought out. And you flipped him for Jordan Poole, who, look, he's 24 years old. Patrick Bowman Jr. and Ryan Rollins, both only in year two, both pretty high draft picks, late first round, early second round. It, it makes no sense to trade Jordan Poole whatsoever. And I've seen a couple trades on Twitter in terms of, all right, like if you can get some salary swaps, some expiring salaries for Jordan Poole, you do it. Why? You are tanking. Jordan Poole is making 30 plus mil for the next four years. I understand that. Not ideal whatsoever. But you're going to be terrible. Where Where is that money going? To no one else. You're going to have so much cap space. You're not signing anyone. Just eat the contract and hope throughout these couple years you develop him even though your development team sucks. And you just, you you hope that it clicks. Uh, you hope that he finds his way. Trading Jordan Poole for expiring salaries and just being done with him, it washes the whole Chris Paul trade out. It makes it so you basically just waived an expiring deal of Paul. You didn't make this trade. Um, and you keep in mind, we traded the 57th pick. That turned out to be Trace Jackson Davis in this trade. He is balling for Golden State. So 
it makes it just it makes no sense to trade Jordan Poole unless I get multiple first round picks, which there's no way in hell you would get. So look, Jordan Poole being moved, I don't see it. I think this this team is really gonna stand by him, which I, I respect. Um, you know, just hope he he improves in, in any way. Um but look, you gotta hope that, that he finds it. Moving on to the next guy, Corey Kispert, and this is a guy that I I, I want to talk at length about. Corey Kispert's transcendence has been so, so, so good for the Wizards this year in terms of not only, you know, him being able to do other things other than shoot, but his cutting ability, you know, putting the ball on the deck, um, it's it's really been nice to see. For a guy that coming out of the draft was labeled as just a three-point shooter and nothing else, his drives, his ability to shield the ball when going to the basket, finish through contact, it's been it's been great to see, great to watch. You know him really transcend into a a complete player, and he's still growing. He's still young. He'll only get better. Um, and look, the way I see it is this: when I'm when I'm evaluating players, especially in a rebuild, to see you know, do I trade them at peak value right now, or do I hold on to them and you know I'm gonna have to pay them, I'm gonna have to give them a good a good contract. I look at it like this. Corey Kispert could be traded for a first-round pick, easily. What team doesn't want a guy that can shoot threes at a great clip, put the ball on the deck, and is no longer a defensive liability like he used to be? Pretty much every team. You had teams wanting to trade two first-round picks for Davis Bertans at his peak, and look how bad he is. He can't defend a parked car. Corey Kispert can at least defend a parked car, and and is really good, and, and is only improving very young, on a good contract for the next two or three years. Why would I trade Corey Kispert for a for a bottom 10 first round pick just so I can try to replace Corey Kispert and hope that I hit on that guy? I already hit on my pick. I hit on Corey Kispert with pick 15. Why would I redo that? Just so that maybe there's a chance that I get a Corey Kispert for cheaper. That the you know the philosophy there makes no sense to me. I don't like it at all. That's not how I operate. Um, I think I'd be fine keeping Kispert. I see him as a guy that could be here for the duration of this rebuild all the way through the years that we're competing and winning, hopefully. Uh, and Corey Kispert getting paid $15 million a year if we give him a contract extension, that's fine. I'm I'm perfectly fine giving him a three-year $45 million deal, three-year $50 million deal, giving him the money he deserves. He's a shooter that can put it on the deck, that can drive, that can finish, you know, amongst the trees. Great cutter, not that bad of a defender. That's a guy that I, I think is worth keeping around here. I don't think a, a first-round pick, you know, somewhere in the 20s, you know, equates to what I get with Corey Kispert. And that's my philosophy, and that's why I'd be very surprised. I'd be very upset if the Wizards move on from Corey. Also got to talk to Corey at media. Such a nice guy. So I just wanted to give uh, him a little shout out there. Very nice. Now we get down to the last three guys in this category. Denny obvious one. Look, I don't have to say much about him. You just signed him right before the season to a four-year, $55 million deal. Started out, the first 20 games came out hot, played the best he's played in his career. The next, you know, 10 games, he didn't play well. He kind of lost, you know, his aggression, the, the, the style that I really liked that he was playing with. He didn't play like that. And then the last couple games has been, you know, 
two games of, wow, this guy is really good. And wow, this guy is a way to go. And that's kind of how it's been. Um, but it's been a lot a more good, I'd say, a lot more good than bad this year. So very happy about that with, with the way Denny's developed and um no way he would get traded. No way he gets traded. That would that would probably be the biggest surprise if we traded Denny. Um and then the last two guys, Ryan Rollins, Patrick Bowen Jr. I again the the trade to get Jordan Poole. You got these guys that and you and you got them packaged and you haven't really seen them apart from the G League where they played well. Um, I think, I think waiting and holding on to these guys, using them to you know using these roster spots that should open up after all these trades to showcase these guys and and let them showcase to you what they have in their skill set to maybe keep them around next year as a you know an actual roster spot. That that's what I want to see from the second half of the year. That's where you use those games that don't matter um, to make them matter and make them matter for guys like Rollins and Patrick Bowen Jr. No way. I, I, I see no way they get traded. The only way I could see it is if there's a, a big deal where like a team needs salary fillers and you're like, all right, you know, we don't want to trade Patrick Bowen Jr., but he's a first round pick. He's making a couple million. We kind of got to throw him in here if we want to make it work. Or, you know, if you got to open a roster spot, I don't know what. What what they're thinking? I don't know what Will Dawkins, Michael Winger are thinking. All I know is that if any of those guys I named Jordan Poole, Corey Kispert, Denny Avdia, Rollins, PBJ, obviously Kulabali included, get moved, I I would be pretty shocked. Um, just doesn't make sense for any of them. Same with Johnny Davis. He's not, I mean, no one wants to trade for Johnny Davis. It's kind of like Dylan Gallinari. One's thirty eight. One is what twenty one. Right out of college. I don't even want to talk about it, but. I I just I don't I don't really know where to go. I I can't I don't like being negative as a lot of the people that follow me know. I don't I don't want to harp on this. I don't like talking about, you know, negativity. But Johnny Davis has just shown nothing and it's it's demoralizing I'm sure for him, but for the fans as well cuz you're looking for something like, "Look, Johnny, just give me a highlight. Give me a poster, give me a 3." Give me something to hang my hat on and, and to, to reel me back in. But all you get is these little push floaters. Um, when he does play, um, you know, the last couple of games, he lost by a combined 63 points in two games to the Cavs. Johnny Davis maybe played six minutes total in both those games, even though they were blowouts by the fourth. It's just it, none of this makes sense with Johnny Davis from where he was picked to how he's been developed, how they fucked up his shot. Um, you know, the lack of playing time, it's just been a shit show and no way he gets moved. And I don't, not only do I think the wizards trade him, I don't think anyone wants him right now. So look, you just got to pray that he just turns this shit around somehow, but it's looking pretty bleak. It's looking like, you know, in a couple of years after this rookie deal, you know, who knows where he'll be playing basketball, but you know, that's just, that's the, the three tiers I have. Um, I realistically, at the beginning of the year, I did a pod with Damo. Uh, I did a pod with with Matt Moderno as well. Believe in Wizards, Wizards of Gallery Place, both great pods. Check them out for for those guys. Um, I I asked them at the beginning of the year by the deadline over under four and a half guys that you see traded, and I think I think Damo took the under reluctantly, and Matt really took the under. He Matt was pretty emphatic, I believe that. Um, you know, we might want to trade a couple guys, but he's just not sure that they're good enough and that there really weren't much of a return. And he, he's not been wrong in terms of Muscala and Gallinari. 
But now I would leave I would leave a couple guys, probably three that get moved. But look, this is I'm gonna give you my predictions real quick on, on what I think. And I'll have hopefully a couple more guests on as we get closer to get some outside thoughts, not just mine, about the deadline. But I think this is how it goes. And you could circle back and call me stupid for this, or you can call me genius after the deadline. I think four guys get traded. I think Tyus Jones gets moved to Philadelphia for a first-round pick and a salary filler. Um, maybe Jaden Springer is included. That's a young guy that I like. feel like he could be something in the league. Good backup point guard, maybe. Um, I think DeLon Wright definitely gets moved. So many teams need guard depth, especially defensively. Maybe a team like Indiana, one of the worst defensive teams. Maybe a team like Atlanta. You, you send DeLon back to Atlanta. Teams need good defensive guards, even teams like New York or Philly. You need a defensive on-ball guard like DeLon. I think he'll be coveted around the league. Getting a first-round pick would be awesome, but I think the injury has derailed that. I think you'll get a second-round pick or two and salary filler for DeLon. I think Mike Muscala also gets moved. Stretch five, I think he's not that great of a shooter, but people do. Um, a stretch five that you know could be a decent uh, player. Wooj said he was a great rim protector. No, he's not. He doesn't defend at all. He's terrible around the rim. Can't rebound for shit, but... Let's, let's keep that in-house. Let's let's not tell anyone. Let's actually tell people that he's a good rim protector. Let's push that agenda. Um, but I think he gets moved for a second-round pick. You know, also salary filler, maybe some maybe a young player. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't, outside of those three, I think those are probably locks. If you can trade Gallinari, this is the mover. If you can trade Gallinari for literally anything, please do it. I, like I said, a bag of chips, um, a dozen donuts, uh, bacon, egg, and cheese. I don't give a fuck what you give me, but Danilo Gallinari has no future here. I don't think he has a future in this league. I think he's pretty washed, but if you can somehow fool some dumb GM into trading anything they can for him, please do it. Don't. It's one of those trades my dad always says, like, great trade, who'd we get? I don't give a flying fuck what we get in, in return for Gallo. Anything you get in return is a bonus, because if not, you're going to buy him out. He's not going to play post-deadline, so... Move on from him if you can. But yeah, of those four, I think Gallo is the one that's on the fence. I don't think he has any market. But Jones, Wright, Muscala, I think are all gone. I think Daniel Gafford gets moved. And I hate that. I, I hate that. I, I Like I said, I, I'm a huge Gafford fan. I loved him even when he was on the Bulls. It just makes too much sense. It's the most value you're going to get. And I think the Knicks make a little too much sense. He plays just like Mitchell Robinson, a lot more durable. Still a lob threat, great rim protector, brings the energy. Could even start for them, put hard sign on the bench, who knows. But I think Gaff gets moved. Um, I don't think Kuz gets moved at all. Same with Poole, Kispert, Avdia, PBJ, Rollins, Kulabali. I think all of those guys are safe. But I think four guys, three guys at least get moved. Gallo on the fence about. I, I think Gaff might get moved. We'll see. But... That's that's gonna do it for this one month away episode, uh trade deadline special episode. Um look, this team's gonna look a lot different after the deadline. It's gonna look uh a lot younger. It's gonna be a lot more fun. And I'm honestly just I'm I'm excited for you know where this is gonna go. Um it's been really miserable watching this team these first 34 plus games. And I think it's going to be a, a bit more fun when you get to watch Bilal starting, Poole playing point guard, um, Kuzma taking 50 shots a game, um, guys like Patrick Baldwin Jr., Ryan Rollins actually playing, Johnny Davis playing for once. 
you know, a bunch of G leaguers like Jared Butler, John Butler Jr. getting a chance. Maybe we see Chase Aldiz. It's going to be fun, and we're going to get killed. We might not win another game, but it'll be fun to watch, and we'll be losing, and we'll be getting closer to the top three, closer to that 14% chance at the first pick. It'll be it'll be f more fun. I shouldn't say it's fun. It'll be more fun than than it's been. Um, this is the fun part of the rebuild where you just you can suck and you can laugh about it, um, but you can also hopefully watch the development of some of your young guys and see them in bigger roles and see you know not see Bilal Koulibaly you know not getting a lot of minutes because we want to play Landry Shamit. Um, and that's another guy. I don't know how I forgot about Landry Shamit. Um. Landry Shamit should get moved as well. That's the fourth guy. I can't believe I totally blanked on him. I'm glad I really remember that at the last second. That's a buzzer beater right there. Uh, Landry Shamit should get moved as well. Um, you know, he's been playing really well. First round pick, probably a stretch. A couple seconds will do it, but I think Landry Shamit also gets moved. So that would put it in the... Um, that would put him in the f uh, four players that I think get moved on the fence about Gallo. And then Gaff, I think, might, but who knows. Um, but look, it's going to be fun watching all these young guys post deadline. I'm excited for it. You should be too. Um, and yeah, make sure to tune into the Twitter spaces I do, right? I think I'll do one probably the last hour of the deadline. So kind of live updating it as things go on. And then I'll take callers throughout the day. I'll probably be on the Twitter spaces for a couple hours, just fielding calls until I can't, until I'm too tired to talk. Um, but yeah, be on the lookout for that. The deadline is February 8th. Hopefully I'll have an episode out with with maybe Mavaderno or someone else in the near future talking trades, talking, you know, who he thinks will get traded, who someone else on the pod thinks will get traded, who I think will get traded, and we'll go from there. But that's gonna that's gonna do it for this trade deadline episode. Um appreciate all you guys for listening. I know it's been a little bit. I had winter break for school, so I kinda just took a break mentally from all of this. But you know, I'm back. I'm gonna be back to recording one episode per week. Back with all the game recaps for the three games that we have per week. Um, and again, I'm going to do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening and, and go Wiz.